He got the whole world in his hands. He got the whole wide world in his hands. He got the whole world in his hands. He got the whole world in his hands. So O V B S special. Hey man, you know I wish I went to V B S. You know uh, my daughter went to like three or four V B S's. She had a ball for the summer. You know where we was going? We was going to the free lunch at the public school. <laughs> oh, word. And P- the pool. PS269. The pool. We was going to the pool in Sunset Park. I was going to the pool. I, I couldn't yeah. do the dirty pool. Okay. <laughs> that was that was it. It was We went to school lunch, and then we went to the pool. And the we the free to- lunch where you got the little milk? I didn't go to the free lunch. Yeah, that Every was- summer. Never. Every summer, free lunch. lunch. You get a little, yeah. yo, that really? little milk. It was uh, different. Applesauce, really? Yeah, I could add some uh, banana and a banana. And and what about, about that homemade lunch. pizza? You know that. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that the French bread or the yeah, round that, one that, with that, the little that, pepperonis? Yeah, that little flat bread. Uh, the French bread one school. was slamming. <laughs> oh man, you like it? No, it was the summer. Nah, you just get up, go outside. Really? Everybody just walking to school. You get free lunch. Yeah, we used to go to school, but that was for PAL. Nah. We used to do PAL in the school. That was for the poor people. <laughs> what PAL? No, oh, the school lunch? lunch. I was, we was poor, baby. Damn, I never did school lunch. You never did we was up lunch? in there multiple schools. I, I can't do school lunch during the regular. God, yeah, you see that the thing once is, in a while you get you starve enough where you where you gotta humble yourself and go on that line. But you know, I can't do this. The thing lunch. is that we went to <clears throat> Catholic school, so we never had um, school lunch. Oh. No, nah, we used to get school lunch. We never did. No. Yeah. At St. Jerome? Or not, not. I'm, I'm what did they nice. feed you? Nice. No, you had to bring your own lunch. Oh, so okay. From, from that's kindergarten. For rich, that's for rich people, though. Up until eighth mm-hmm. grade, we never rich had people, school they lunch. Don't give, <laughs> son, you know the Caribbean parents, they didn't want you to go to public school. That's no? for yeah. criminals. Yeah. Mm. So never went to, never really? went to public what? school. The criminals, that's where all the Vietnam Americans went to school, dog. Yep. <laughs> I so, loved public school. So that's like a summertime uniform, dog. <laughs> yeah, that's like a summertime. See them uniforms? Ugh. I can't do the uniform every day. Well, that was our, my parents' dream. Yo, you got to wear a uniform. Because it was <laughs> cheap. Not only it was cheap, you're not going to look like the rest of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> With jeans and, you know. Yeah, I never wore dog. jeans. The Haitians, they had a standard, dog. They had a standard. Basketball in a suit. <laughs> and certain things had to be certain way. I, I honestly, I think I ain't go to private school, dog. Allow you to build a style of individuality, cause that suit, that that uh, the uniform every day. I did do uniform in um elementary school, though, but it was still a public school. But they made us wear uniform. So you, so you're saying you didn't play basketball in, in slacks and never in suit pants and, and the suit pants and, 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 the sla- and the hard church shoes, <laughs> hard church shoes. Never. You, didn't, you didn't play basketball like that. <laughs> No, when I used to go to church when I was young, we used to do that. That was the whole point of going to church when you was young, right? It was to play ball. We used to have the rim in the back. Yo. We used to play ball in the shoes. You're, so I remember one time um, we were younger, and my parents, you know, fresh from Haiti or whatever, and they wanted to go to the beach. They keep hearing everybody going to the beach, going to Coney Island. And they said, yo, we're going to go. And it was a day after church, you know, got out of St. John's or whatever. And then, so my brother and I, we said, yo, let's go home and change. Like, no, 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 no. You're not changing. Wow. 
So we went to the beach. A suit? Yo, straight up slacks, dress shirts, wow. tie. And we the only kids on the beach with straight up suits. Mm. And all the kids running around in their shorts, jumping in the water. And we just looked at our parents like, you guys, look what you're doing to us. Wow. <laughs> That's why the Haitian kids used to get bullied, dude. That's what I will talk. That's why I'm glad you do the uniform, dog. You used to spot the uniform kids and chase them, B. I got till till the Fujis came and saved us, B. <laughs> the Fujis did come the and Fugees. save us. <laughs> the Fujis did come and save us. The Fujis switched it up. Yeah, they was the like, Fugees, oh, yeah. Right. Nah, nah, real talk. That little yep. Haitian kids is cool, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they got sick and tired of it and they just started. Uh, fighting back, yeah, 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 and they became the biggest criminals and the biggest yes. gangs. That's what it's like with the bigger Haitian. Well, they became massive. Jamaican. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> and the low lives, the low, the low lives yeah. saved them, saved them too. And they all criminals. They made them. They made them fresh. <laughs> anyway, that was Brooklyn back in the days. Yeah. Quick tour. Um, you guys good, man? Could be a lot of sniffling going on in this episode. It's the allergy episode. The allergy <laughs> episode. <laughs> Yo, man. So where we at, man? Romans nine. Where we left off? We left off at uh. We 13. finished eight. We left off at thirteen. Romans nine and thirteen. So how did we uh? What did we get into last week? I think we're still, you know. Figuring out his sovereignty, right? That's what chapter nine is about. God does what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us disagree with that. So Paul's um, grapple with the state of his people, mm-hmm. um, his devotion to them, right? And the appearance of, you know, as we read from one to to nine, you know, you 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 could take it as Paul dismantling this whole culture, right? Things that they held high, close. He was kind of like, nah, it's not this, it's not that. So it might it might come across to a, a Jew that you you're like you breaking down, you dismantling dismantling everything that we believe in our identity and who we are. But that's not Paul is trying mm-hmm. to do. You know, ultimately he's he's glorifying God and putting God above all else, right? You know, he does that in Hebrews. But that's not what he's doing. And I think the way he expressed his devotion and his love for the people is to show them like, dog, I am still a Jew. I'm I'm I relate to you. More, even though my ministry is towards the Gentiles, like I relate to you, we're kinsmen, brethren according to the flesh. And oh, gonna finish. No, no, go ahead. No, and I was just also um, gonna say, with especially in verse six when he says, um, "For they are not all Israel who are Israel who are of Israel." Also, dismantling like just just this whole pride nationalism, like oh, just because you you're you're a Jew, you think you saved, you think you good. Right. Just because you're a seed, and he's showing that because within Israel itself, like there was, um, there's physical Israel, like it's all physical. It's like you could draw two uh, two circles. You have all Israel physically, and then you have spiritual Israel, a smaller circle within 
the physical Israel where it is the believing Israel. Like, and we have a good example, like for like with Korah's rebellion. Like, yeah, all the Jews were delivered Israelites out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, but then you had in that group, you know, when Korah started the rebellion and Dathan and all of that, and and Moses said, "Who's on my side?" You know, and then and then all those that were on his side came on his side, and then whoever's against God, the earth just straight up opened up and swallowed them. Showing you that, yeah, there was there was two Israel in terms of like the physical and the spiritual. In terms of, yeah, they were all physically Israel, but it was the believing within the within this nation was the spiritual Israel. Mm. So I think that's kind of like one of the things he's also pointing out to them. You know, just because you're a Jew, that doesn't mean you got to be a believing yeah. Jew. And and he set that up in chapter four, right? Yeah, where it says, therefore. It is a faith that it might not be according to grace, that the promise, right? Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Is that the right one? But I don't know. He went over the true children of Abraham are the ones that have the same faith as, as him. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Right. So now he, he kind of introducing the Gentile nations, right? So now all of that, imagine they're hearing all of that and it's like, dag, what, what, what does that mean, right? Uh, so now the question I think Paul is addressing is, again, right? God chose these people for this particular purpose mm -hmm. and for the most part, they rejected God. So does that mean does that mean all the promises, right? He went over, he said, right, you guys had the adoption, the glory, the covenant, the giving of the law, the service. Not only that, the highest privilege, Christ is according to the flesh, came through you, like related to you guys physically. So does that mean that God's plan is just finished, done? Right. No effect. So that's what he's he, he kind of go into. When we got up to five, right? Mm -hmm. So is this where he's sort of combating the replacement theology? Yeah. Where people I, I think now... he gets more into that, but he's, yeah. he's setting that up also, right? Where people um, nowadays think that the church took the place of Israel, correct? That's yeah. what the whole... Replacement theology. Which right? we don't believe in, but this is what he's leading into sort of combating that that's not the case. God still has a plan for his people. At its core, that belief is anti-Christ. Yes. The hatred for... Anti-Semitic. Anti I mean, anti... Yeah, yeah. Anti-Semitic anti -Semitic is anti-Christ and its yes. root and its nature. Yeah. Hating the na nation of Israel. I mean, that's nothing new. You know, you get it from since the time of the Egyptians. Uh, who was it? Um, Jezebel. You know, they mm. always trying to wipe out the Jews. It was always... But it... It, again, it goes back to the um, the prophecy in the garden, you know, the 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 seed of the serpent being crushed, the seed, the head of the seed of the serpent being crushed by the seed of the woman, you know. But th that's the spiritual aspect of it. But you always seen throughout the scriptures where the Jewish nation, you know, Satan would try to wipe out the Jewish nation. But that was, you know, that that anti-Semitism, that hatred, even with Hitler, just this hatred. For the Jewish nation, but like you said, is really anti-Christ because according to the flesh, 
Christ was a Jew. Satan is always trying to wipe out yeah. the Jewish nation, mm. even to 2022. Yes, even till today. All yep. you gotta do is pay attention. And and you just see and you see remnants in the, in all these religions, and also why it is part of the difficulty that you see why current Jews um, have a hard time dealing with Christianity and with Jesus, because like the Catholic Church, they're part of the whole replacement theology and say, say that they have replaced the Jews, mm. right? And in all their teachings, because they speak against the Jews and like all the out of the Reformation and the way you get, you know, finally salvation by, you know, faith through grace and all that, um, Martin Luther still held um, no Augustine. Augustine came out of, out of it and Luther and all the rest of the guys came out of it, right? But when Augustine first came out of the Catholic Church, yeah, he, he understood salvation, that it's not of works, like the way Catholic Church believed, but um, he still kept the belief of that the church has replaced Israel. Mm. And he had such strong hatred towards the Jews and that said that the Jews should be should be terminated, should be destroyed because they hate God. They crucify Christ. So he had such strong anti-Semitism from the Catholic Church and he held on to, the, to that belief that um, it's in the walls of the Holocaust or whatever. So when Jews see that, they say, oh, this is the Christian tenet. This mm. is Christian belief that we should be killed. We should be burned. We should, you know, so it's mm. like they have a difficulty because that was some of the early church history from Augustine moving to Luther, moving to John Calvin, their strong hatred for Israel. Mm -hmm. So in, in from 6 to 13, right? All right, so how does this thing, how does this thing work together, right? The fact that, you know, Israel rejected God, does his promises end, right? Is it not going to happen? And Paul kind of goes into... Like you're you're looking at it all wrong, right? You not all Israel is Israel. Not everybody that came from Abraham is Israel. Just because most you you're seeing most of the people, right? In general, they rejected God because they got it first. Like they had that privilege of getting everything first, mm -hmm. and they rejected God. That doesn't mean, you know, his promises are none effect because God and his sovereignty. He elected a group of people and is based on the promises. It's based on who he picked, right? So what you're seeing is not, that's not going to determine what God predetermined. All right, so um, pretty much uh, Israel's response is not going to change or make null or void God's sovereign plan. It cannot. It will not. In the last chapter 8, we kind of went through the the chains, right? Yeah. The chains of God's plan of salvation, right? Who's going to come against this? What force? What uh, principality? Mm-hmm. Right, and broke down how you got Christ, you got the Holy Spirit, you got the chain links of salvation. And Paul was like, Yo, God predetermined this, so it's going to happen. So now he's kind of going, he's, he's to me, I'm reading it, he's like, Yo, God has always done this, even with Israel, even though it may seem like they rejected God, he was like, No, 
it's through what he predetermined. And then he goes into it. All right, it's not all of Israel. So you're looking at all of Israel. He's like, no, not all of Israel is Israel. And back in chapter four, he was like, now you deal, don't remove the faith aspect, right? Those that have the same faith of, of Abraham is the true children of Israel. Not discounting the flesh, right? right? We're not doing that because that's just as important. But it's both. It goes together, right? And then he's, he's now going into these things where God chooses who he wants to choose. And it's just based on his sovereignty. It's not based on anything else. Right. Right. So um, we went through that part, kind of went through the election process. Abraham. Abraham didn't have no kids. So he had Ishmael. Ishmael turned into a whole nation. Mm. They're part of Abraham, but he was like, nah. Ishmael wasn't elected. Right. right. Neither elected. were the sons from Keturah. Right. Yeah. So he had he had multiple sons. Yeah. Multiple. But I picked um, Isaac. Isaac. And then he goes into Isaac. Isaac, Rebecca. Rebecca had twins. Right. And he said, no, the older shall serve the younger. I picked Jacob. They didn't even do anything. It's, I'm not picking it based on what they do. Right. I'm picking it based on my sovereignty. Right, right. Right? So that's pretty much where we ended. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we explained the whole, G- Jacob, have I loved? Esau, have, have I hated? It's not... Um, a dislike for one individual. There's a prophetic aspect to it, and he's talking about his plan. Not, like you're not. I don't want you for this process. Right. Yeah, and I oh, and I think I just want to also add. Not only it's not uh, it's just a a dislike where I'm just I'm just choosing Jacob over Esau. Also, um, I think it's also that he he doesn't. God don't hate sinners. He hates their sin because heaven is filled with sinners aside from Christ. Mm -hmm. He loves the sinners. So he loves Esau. Hates his sin, but he loves Esau. But in this purpose, this is specifically for election of developing his nation so that the Messiah could come through. All right. So uh, let's go 14 to 18. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. Let's stop right there. <laughs> what are we going to say? Is there unrighteousness? So now this is the objector speaking, right? Or Paul playing the role of an objector. What are they saying? And Paul already anticipate how people is going to react to this, mm-hmm. right? He already know. Y'all got to say, whoa, wait, wait a minute. This is not fair. Right. What do you mean to tell me God can choose a group of people? So what does that mean for the other people? Mm. Right? So if you choose a people for this, then that means the other people gets that. That's not what it means. Right? Mm-hmm. And Paul pushes back against that. He was like, certainly not. So you mean God chooses um, Jacob, he chooses Isaac to be the son of promise? So that means the other son is not the son of promise and they're doomed. That's not what it means. Yeah, it don't mean that. 
It just means in his sovereignty, he chose Jacob mm-hmm. or he chose Isaac. It doesn't mean the other thing. Right. It means what God said. Yo, I choose you for this plan. That's it. That's all. That's all in it. Yeah, and the, and the good thing, though, is that God can do anything he wants, but he his character is is one of righteousness and justice, you know what I mean, and mercy. So when he does do whatever he wants, it's usually for your benefit, you know, as, as just a human being. You're breathing today because God allows it, you know what I mean? You woke up today, you didn't get into a car accident because he allows that. He could easily crush you and throw you into the lake of fire, but he doesn't. There's mercy, and we're going to see that soon. But, um, but yeah, there, there is no unrighteousness with God. He is straight up righteous all the and, time. And, and the, the funny thing is that usually when that question comes, it comes from a wicked and stubborn heart. Word. Mm. That's what, he's, what Paul is relaying here. What shall we say? Because your question, you're questioning God's righteousness. You're questioning his justice. You're questioning all these things. And you're questioning because of your wickedness. Yeah. And because of your stubborn heart that you think that you could stand and question God. Mm-hmm. So it's not out of a place of like sincerity. Right. Yeah. It's not. Yep. It never is, dog, because you're a sinner. You know, your heart is desperately wicked. You're always going to try to find a way around or try to, you know, make yourself equal. That's that's just always the heart mm-hmm. of man. So, you know, man is, is depraved. So it's always going to, it's like, like you said, you know, um, God is... His motive is always righteous. Our motives is always unrighteousness, dog. That's right. just, you know, mm-hmm. our nature. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. It's like we need to bend our stiff neck, mm-hmm. soften our hearts, and bow our knees. That's what we need to do with the word. Yeah. Because that is our natural disposition as sinful, sinful human being. Dog. So he says, certainly not. Pushes back against that. And he doubles down. He doubles down mm-hmm. on that idea. Right. Right, he doesn't try to soften it up. No, this is not what I meant. He's like, nah, nope. Right, for he says to Moses. So now he goes to the OT. I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. Right. So then it is is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. What do you guys think of that? I mean, it says exactly, I mean, that's what, that's the angle Paul comes from because, again, that's what it is. It's, you're dealing with sinful man, unrighteous man, depraved man who deserves hell, who deserves punishment, and that's the first thing he goes to is God's mercy. When God is in, God is using his sovereignty, it's because he's, he's merciful, God interfering in the life of man, doing a plan for man, having a plan, that's his mercy. And you see it from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. You know, he could have just left Adam, left Eve the way, they, the way they were, but what? He intervened. You know, he started a plan of salvation to bring them back um, into fellowship with him. That was because of his mercy. Mm. You know, they deserved hell. They deserved death. And it's just like that with every man. So you're seeing, again, what um, Ralph was saying, that's the my, that's the that's the point man comes from from an unrighteous state and Paul that's the first thing he mentions because that's what it's about it's about God's mercy and you I know, love it's not about his judgment because everybody deserves judgment 
but this salvation plan this plan that he 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 uh, uh organized from the before the foundations of the earth that was because of his mercy bro i love how um he says i will have mercy on whoever he doesn't say i will destroy whoever right you know what i mean like mm -hmm. that in itself just tells you how good that's the of a god he is right. that he doesn't use the example of i will kill you if i want to kill you mm -hmm. you know and then and what what i also think here which is a good example is that the parable in, in matthew of the owner of the the field where he hired um, people to work during the day mm. and gave them a certain amount of money. Then as the day went on, he found more people doing nothing and brought them in and gave them the same amount of money that the yeah. first people had, right? But then the first people were like, oh, but how can you give them the same amount well, we've been working the whole day, right? You know, and, and the owner was like, "I do what I want. I do right. word up. This is my field. This is my field. And not until you're the guy that was hired the hour before, right? You know, the day is up, and you're getting the same amount of money as he, not. Not until you're that person and you realize God's mercy and His grace in your life yeah. will you understand how good of a God He is. I just wanted to read the scripture because the whole thing is like keeping in context. Like um, Paul specifically uses this example with you know with moses i will have mercy on whom i'll have mercy in exodus 32 which is the what he's talking about um verse 27 he says um he said to them thus says the lord the god of israel every man of you put his sword upon his thigh and go back and forth from gate to gate in the camp and kill every man his brother and every man his friend and every man his neighbor so the sons of levi did as moses instructed and about three thousand men of the people fell that day now the interesting thing is that God, when you read the whole entire chapter, 32 and through 33, we know that it was over 2 million or so Jews that came out of Egypt. So there was over 2 million, and they all rebelled mm. against God. When they built the golden calf, and they started having orgies, they started, you know, doing their madness and just sinning after they've just been delivered. They just saw the Red Sea part. They saw their enemies destroyed in the flood. They've had all these things happen these wonderful miracles and the first thing they did was build the golden calf and started sinning orgies fornicating reveling reviling just and and god was ready to destroy all of them and kill everybody and just start over with moses so now he was about to kill two million but in god's mercy only three thousand mm. so he so it was the worst of their like out of his own sovereignty it was three thousand that would judge. He was. He could have killed every last one. Every last one right. should have been dead. Right. But he killed three thousand out of over two million. Wow. So when you look at that, he's like, "Yo, this is God's mercy and compassion." Because he could have killed them all, and he would have been just, right, and perfect if he did. And I think that's what Paul. That's why Paul starts. He he lays the foundation there. That's the angle he's coming from when he's dealing with them. He's like your dog. This is about God's mercy. Yeah. Y'all looking at God like, oh, God is unrighteous. He's like, what? <laughs> Bro, you don't understand that you deserve death? We let's let's deal with God's mercy. Cause that's exactly how he deals with us, because we deserve judgment, you know? So you're seeing, right? Um, so then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. Listen, the act of salvation is primarily based on God's mercy. Mm -hmm. It's not based on your will or it's not based on your effort. 
Right. Now, that's not to say that your responsibility is not involved in that, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes it's like people hear one thing, then automatically, yo, it's not the other. No, because when you go to Revelations 22 and 17, and he says, um, in the spirit of the bride say, come, let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. You mm. see this responsibility. You see this response on man's side of coming. The desire, the free will, that's also part of it. But primarily, it's God mm-hmm. and his, it's his sovereignty. And, you know, the example that Ralph gave and what you, you know, God's merciful. Mm-hmm. And all these examples is... You're seeing where he could have exacted judgment instantly, but he always chooses to be merciful and scale it back and be long suffering. Right. And just, you know, I'm a wait. I'm I could do this anytime I please. And if I did, I would be just as just, just as holy, just as right as before. Because we already established in the early chapters that everybody falls short. And it's based on what you did. Yep. So now the idea of God sending out a general, the general gospel for everybody to be saved. The gospel is for everybody to be saved. But in his sovereignty, he picked a group of people to, for his, for, to receive his special grace. Mm. And that's the example you see that Paul is breaking down. Even in Israel, he always picked people in order to pour his, to be examples of his grace. He just does that. That's just who he is. All right. You know, I'm going to push back on that. Because I I just don't understand how we keep putting salvation into chapter 9. Like, we're talking about the nation of Israel in general and the, his plan for them. Right? So all these, to me, all these examples show his sovereignty. But this is regarding his salvation plan. Which is what I just feel I'm getting confused with how you keep throwing in salvation. Nothing here has to do with salvation. Is it me or is, am I seeing this whole chapter wrong? It has to do with his sovereignty. I'm with talking about his sovereignty. Yeah, but you, you, you also brought in the salvation aspect of it. Yeah, and I'm, how his sovereignty, how salvation and his sovereignty play works together. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that Mark is saying that this is dealing with specifically. Yeah, that's not I what I'm saying. That's yeah. not what he's saying. He's yeah, I think saying. he's. Yeah, he's um, making a correlation, and no. not saying that this specific. No, when you you said those who wills or those who runs, you put that into his salvation, into people's individual salvation, where this was not specifically talking about an individual salvation. This is just talking uh, yeah. about that God does what He wants to do. It's not about your will, and it's not about who some a specific person putting effort god will do what he wants to do but what i'm just saying i just like i said i just have a hard time putting this into the uh the salvation aspect okay and the salvation if we're talking about salvation even in salvation yes the primary um factor is in God's salvation mercy, is God's mercy. It's not what you're willing to do. Oh, 100%. Right. That's all I'm saying. God's mercy. Right. And in that sovereignty, Marcus is trying to show you that he shows the mercy. That's no, how he 100% shows mercy. is God's mercy because he could, he could literally destroy all of us and we would deserve it. Right. 
him choosing him choosing pe- to save people that's in his sovereignty that's in his choose yeah so okay well, let me ask you a question what are you what are you what are you seeing in this section in in this whole section i'm just seeing paul telling us teaching us about god's sovereignty right and that he righteously chooses what he wants to do. Right. There's no unrighteousness in any of his decisions. Right. Right. So that that's what I see here in chapter 9, 10, and 11. We're all talking about Israel as a nation and, mm-hmm. and Israel's part in his salvation plan. But what I see his sovereignty and all those decisions he makes are to get everyone. Now, I'm talking about Gentiles to get everyone to a point where they can make a decision using their free will. That's what I see. So to me, what's the problem with? I don't understand what. Because you once again, he uh, did you not just say something about God pre, pre picks who He wants to pick? Yes. That's the part that I'm having an issue with. Is mm-hmm. it because of the whole free I will? I totally part? get you. I have the same okay. issue with it. Okay. No, I mean, that's <laughs> but, I'm okay but the with free it. will part. I'm, yeah. To and me, no, I don't have the free will part. Is still there. I just read about the free will part yeah, in yeah, Revelation. Yeah, yeah. The problem, the problem that you're having. Which I had before is under is making it make sense, right? And that's why I say it doesn't make sense. They're both true. It doesn't make sense in our mind, side, but in right. the mind of God, it makes perfect sense. That that's what I'm trying to tell you. Right? It, it makes sense to me, though. That's the problem. All right. Well, okay. So we then... disagree, though. <laughs> <laughs> but that ain't nothing I mean, new. Yo. No, no. But you said it makes sense, but it, it doesn't make sense. I'm no, telling no, you, I know exactly what you because I used to say the same thing that right, you're saying. Right, right, right. But. The way this, the how, what the scripture describes and the doctrine it teaches, both are true. I got to a point now, I'm okay with it. Right. And I, I'm not saying that both aren't true. I believe right. they're true. But right. but what I'm saying is, to me, it's it's a, a seamless circle of how it works. You don't see the free will coming first. Like God initiates, then the free will comes, and then God selects who chooses the free will to me that's how to me it's simple like that but i guess right and that's why i'm saying everything is secondary to god's sovereignty right that's why paul said it's not your will or it's not your effort all of it goes to god Mm -hmm. he does it so you see how it's secondary to god it's not saying that it's not there it's just secondary god is primary and what he decides to do is primary I, i agree with that so we're saying the same thing so you guys know. agree? No, yeah, I don't so know. You guys I don't agree? Know. I don't know about that. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> so oh, now man. he goes on. Let's let's read 17. the rest of that section. Yeah. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore, he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills, he hardens. Okay. Now we're seeing the flip side of God's sovereignty. Right. We see where he has mercy on who he wants to have mercy on. And we see now and his sovereign will. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm justice. Yep. I'm going to use you in order to glorify my name. And I'm going um, to judge. I'm going to judge you. And it's still all righteous. All righteous. It's all righteous. It's like when, uh, who was it, Cora, who... You know, seeing the Ark of the Covenant and, you know, uh, um, David was bringing it in the wrong way. He was bringing it the wrong way and it tipped over. And, you know, he out of his sincere heart, he went to grab it so that it wouldn't fall. And he dropped dead right there. Mm. 
you know mm, and some people exactly. would be like you know the, the his motive was to, to to not let the ark of the covenant fall because it was holy and they had reverence to it but you know what it was is he wasn't supposed to touch it you know yeah. he wasn't supposed to handle it and in that god showed his power he showed his glory he showed who he was he showed he should be revered how holy he was and it was totally righteous yeah, no. You know, and that's the question that Paul is, you know, from the very 14th. Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. And everything here is just to show that, you know, God is righteous, righteous, whether he's merciful or whether he's um, casting judgment. It's all done in righteousness. Or but with uh, justice, with, with Pharaoh, though, remember, his, he was hardening his own heart in the beginning. Right. So God mm. just used his own, you know, wickedness against him to prove a point. Right. And then but, God hardened his heart. And then God that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he he hardened it, at, but he was his heart was already hardened. Yeah. So Correct? okay, so based so, piggybacking off what you're saying, it's not understanding God's nature. It's not that from the time Pharaoh was a baby, he right. was grooming him to be this. No, yeah, I don't think so. no. It's like no Pharaoh, based on his own decisions. Yeah, based on the fact that he was a sinner, right? Based on the fact that he was a tyrant and he had all these evil qualities and he grew up to be an adult with those evil quali qualities and no time in his life did he decide to follow God, to turn away, even when Moses came to him. He had exactly. those opportunities. He had plenty of opportunities and I'm just saying he used his free will to go to reject that call of God, right? To reject God's mercy. Mm -hmm. Who? Yes. Pharaoh? Pharaoh. Yes. Yeah, he had his whole life, his yes. free will. He could have, you know, cho chosen God's call, but he did it. Right. So, I, so I just say because some people get confused and they just think God hardened his heart and, and sent him to hell. Or, you know what I mean? Like, no, like that's not what happened. His heart was he his heart was already hardened his entire life. He rejected the call, the, the right. opportunities that God gave him. God was merciful even in his life, even though he used him to prove a point. And not only that, I mean, you could even go even further from the beginning, not just from the time of the plagues. We can even start from when Moses grew up in the palace with Pharaoh being raised as Pharaoh's daughter, you know, Pharaoh's daughter's um, child. Right. They all grew up together. And so he was there and same education, same lifestyle, same everything. And then we noticed that what in Hebrews 11 when it says that Moses decided that, you know what, I'm not going to pick this life of pleasure and I'm, I rather live a life, you know, pleasing to God and I rather suffer with my brethren when he saw their suffering. So he had a, he understood God, right? So I'm, so, and I think from that point on, um, you see the, 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 the two roads, you know, one going towards God, one going against because Pharaoh continued as as Moses left, right? Um, for those 40 years, Pharaoh continued mm. in his life, you know, to live this life of pleasure, this life of denying God. And when Moses comes back with all the plagues and all these things, he had tons of opportunity to turn. And that's why he bought those plagues, right? Plague mm. after plague. That was still like that was God's call to Pharaoh. Change your heart. Change your mind. And it's not until the sixth plague with the plague of the boils that, you know, God said, all right, now you keep rejecting me. You had yeah. all these years. You keep rejecting. Now I'm going to does that, judicially. Does that go back to chapter one where he, he gives people over? 
You think that was a similar yeah. type of? Yeah. Everybody. Chapter <laughs> one is everybody. No, where he but... gives them over to their, where he stops <laughs> pursuing them. <laughs> I see. That's the part what I'm talking right, about. Right, right, right. Was that a parallel there with that or? Is yeah, that a I, I, in hindsight, I, 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 you could he, say that. So yeah, here, I think so. Here's, I think so. here's another when thing. When you're in it, present time, you can never know. So here's another yeah, thing. Yeah. Everything you guys said was true, right? Pharaoh did this, Pharaoh did that, Pharaoh did this. And at the same time, it was God's sovereign will. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you see where the conflict come in? Because he just said it, right? It's not of will or effort. Yes. God chooses. And he says, I'm using Pharaoh as an example where God chose to show his justice in that situation. Mm -hmm. What we do when we want to understand the ways of God is look at Pharaoh go, oh, Pharaoh did this, Pharaoh did right, that, da, da, right. da, 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 da. Because that's the only way we could reconcile it in our mind. But what Paul is saying right here, he was like, yo, God chose in his sovereignty to use Pharaoh to glorify his name. And it's not based on anything Pharaoh did. It's based on his sovereign, God being God, Amen. his sovereignty. Word. It don't make sense. That's what I'm trying to show you. It's not supposed right. to make sense. And that's me. what's primary. That's what Paul's breaking sense. down as primary. Mm. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. But from our perspective, that's fine. You could break that down all you want. You could say if you're because yeah. it's it is true. Right. And it's right. But from the divine, the Lord is like, you. I'm gonna use you. Yep. And he's just in doing that. He's righteous in Always. doing that. And he's holy in doing that. Are yep. you okay with that? Word. <laughs> if you if you're if you're secure in understanding God's character, he could be as sovereign as he wants and you're not going to have a problem with it. Yep. I totally agree. So, um again, listen, the grace, you know, yeah, I have says, mercy. Yeah, the yeah, same person he has mercy, it says therefore he he has mercy on whom he wills. And whom he wills, he hardens. And exactly what you said. Do you are you comfortable with accepting the sovereignty of God of Him doing whatever He wants and using whatever for His will and for His purpose? Are you comfortable with that? So do you do you feel that's unrighteous? So now, what's the objection? What's the objection? What are people gonna say in nineteen? Because that's what people say even till today. Because they wicked, right? Right. You will say then, why does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? Listen, if everything is settled, how could God judge me? Mm -hmm. How could I resist the fact that he didn't pick me, mm -hmm. so then I'm going to hell? Yeah, That's what they're saying. He hardened my heart. He hardened my heart. He hardened He's my the reason heart. I'm he this. Da, 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 da. He right, can't right. judge me. It's God's fault. Right. God is unfair. Right. That's what people are saying. And we have to be very God. careful mm -hmm. when we're talking about God to question his fairness, question his judgment, question what he does. Right. Because you can't understand it. Right. And your, your mind. Mm -hmm. Your mind has just been here for what? 20 years? 30 years? And you're trying to compare it to an eternal mind that's outside of time, outside of everything. Mm. So now you're saying God is unfair and he do this, this, that. No. God forbid. So, so that's, that's the argument. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yo, man, we can't resist God's will. 
So if he does this, then he's unrighteous and he's unfair and right. he can't judge me. And he says, but indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will Checked. the thing form say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Yep, big check. Check. Who are you? Bro, you're in no position to question what God does. Never. Listen, if you have a problem, anytime you have a problem with God, go look at the cross. Mm -hmm. What is it that you don't understand? Mm -hmm. You're questioning his love. You're questioning his motives. Go look at the cross. Right. We already re read that he gave the best. Go look at the cross if you have a problem. If your brain is, is scattered and scrambled. If you, mm. if, you, if you need realignment, go sit at the cross. Yeah. If you're trying to understand the motive of God right. and his heart and who he is and his character, you could look at the, the cross as the ultimate example, but read the word. Look at his track record. From Adam to Abraham, like, you know, Abraham was an idolater. Like, that's where he came from, like idolatry. And he chose him out of the world to become his God and to make him the father of many nations. He could have left Abraham just how he was. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Same thing with Noah. Like, dog, it, when you read in Genesis, it says Noah. The only reason Noah, the only reason Noah got saved, the scripture says, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That was it. First time it wasn't nothing that Noah did. It wasn't because Noah was this and Noah was a righteous man. Yo, he saved one man and his family and it was all on his grace. It said because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That was it. So, like you said, if you, if you want to question God's character or who he is, look at the cross. That's the ultimate sign of who he is. It represents, mm -hmm. you know, his love and his mercy. But indeed, O oh man, who are you to reply against God? You sinful, wicked man. Word. Who are you to question, reply against God? Like, who are you, dog? And then he goes into the creator-creation um, analogy. It's a big check. Right? Will and the... Th you're about to no, say. just like... this. Is, I have absolutely no problem with this, right? As a mm -hmm. Christian, as a believer, we understand this. But this is what makes it hard to love the sinners who are being blatantly disrespectful to, to my God and my Father. You know, the ones that are cursing him, the ones that don't believe in him, the ones that, you know, um, you know, just blaspheme him. You know, as a Christian, it's so hard to pray for them because this is the person who we know they're talking about, the person who could destroy them so quickly. You know what I mean? And it's just hard sometimes as a Christian to show these people love. You, you know, and that's that's a dope point. But you know how I put it? What do you expect them to do? Like, what do you expect a sin? What standard are you applying to the sinner? Just like what standard did we have before we were saved? You just gave an example of your testimony. You came from vacation doing madness. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at somebody that's not saved, are you applying morals and standards to that person? Right. No, 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 no. I, I'm not. Right. I'm just saying. I, I, no, I understand that. But that's the reason you should feel compassion for them. No, no, and let no, me no, give no, you an no. example. Let no, me no, give no. it. But let me just differentiate. I'm not talking about just the sinner. I'm talking about the ones who have no reverence but, to God. The ones who are blatantly cursing him. And, th and though that that 
is hard for me because he's my dad. You know what I mean? No, no I, I. But I'm I get not it. the ones who are lost and living no. in sin and, and that. No, I, I get, get it. No, I have compassion. Ash, I understand for them. you, but <laughs> you know what I mean. It's all the same. It's all the same. It's all no, no, the same. I'm a human being, broski. Right, you know right, right. I mean? No, like, no. Those, in front of God, it's all the same. I understand what you're saying. I'm not yeah. bringing this against you. I'm just telling you from my perspective how I reconcile right. it in my mind because right. it's all the same. All it the doesn't same. matter what you're doing. You mm -hmm. could be, you could be a a, a moralist that right. does everything right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could be a person six 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 tattooed on your forehead doing whatever man is dog. Everybody's in the same boat, mm -hmm. and yeah, you have no, no, to look at them. You have to look at them like somebody that's sick. Like for example, if somebody comes in in a wheelchair who was born deformed, I don't look at the person. You look at the person like, oh man, it's messed up. You know, it's unfortunate that you're in this condition. You're not gonna look at them and be like, what's wrong with you? Mm. Why are you in the wheelchair? Why don't you get up? Da 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 da. The same way I see somebody that's whatever wicked state they're in, I have to like actively look at them and be like, dog, you're spiritually messed up. And that's the reason you act this way. So yeah, it hurts. Yeah, you like, yo, that's madness. How could you do that? How you have no reverence? Dog, you're clueless. Yeah, you just have to, again, it's the, it's, you got to put yourself in the point of view of God. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, it's the heart of God that allows you to give that compassion. Because like you said, you said, I'm a human being. And that's how you're looking at it. You know, you're looking at it from a human being point of view. Because, again, when we look at it from that state, it's so easy for us to put self there. And pride comes in, you know, and we, we use our heart. Like, okay, yeah, I'm saved and I'm righteous. And look, I, look, God is sanctifying me. And look at this person over there right. when it's supposed to be exactly i think ralph mentioned it where you had the guy that was like yo i paid my tithes i do everything and i looked up thank god i'm not like this sinner and then you had the man that hit his hit his chest like lord i'm not even worthy to look up at you and god was like yo he's more vindicated than that guy you know because of the mind frame so it's i think it's if you're constantly at the feet of god and god is constantly pouring into you it's going to give you more compassion for whether it's a serial killer or whether it's a person who just gets up and go to work every day and just lives his life the way he wants it. It wouldn't, you're not, God sees it all the same. Like and it's, you guys are all lost. Dude, it's our emotions. Yeah. Right? The same way. You see something, the first reaction is going to be like, yo, how is this person? Yo, yeah, what's wrong with this uh, person? We're hearing news about just blatant random killings. Murder. Of course you upset. And you're going to be like, yo, the Lord should just... Uh, uh. <laughs> but the ultimate example is Jesus Christ, God himself on the cross. And all those people that we're talking about was at the foot of the cross. Yep. Cursing him. What did he say? Like, could you... And that's how the Jews felt when they saw Paul. Mm. You know, like Christians like Peter and them, they seen Paul... Imagine they seen Paul saved. They like, yo, you was the guy that was hunting us down. <laughs> Right. You know, their, their first reaction is probably like, you know, but even Paul is an example of the mercy of God, a guy who was anti-Christ killing those of the cross. And now you became, you know, the chief apostle. And he, he, here's a, uh, you know, just a real world example, something that I saw in the news, this, this, um, I don't know, this influencer, she had a bikini that had like the Trinity like Father, Son, Holy Spirit on a bikini, mm. right? And she just took a picture of it. So it's kind of like 
she used the Father, Son, Holy Spirit to be on the bikini. And then it's like, you know, Christians all over starting a debate. Oh, how could she do that? That's blasphemy. And I'm, you know, the first reaction is like, yo, this madness. How could you do? But then I'm like, yo, what do I, what do I expect her to do? (laughs) (laughs) Wear it up. Why should I expect anything less? Anything less. Matter of fact, I'm glad it was just that. Right. (laughs) Yo, Forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing because they're sick. They're under the influence of sin. They're corrupt. They're crazy. Spiritually, you got to be like, you're crazy. Yo, my fries is cold. Blam. In your face. I'm going to shoot you. Crazy. Fam, you are infected with sin that's going to drag you down to hell for eternity if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. What do I expect these people that are not saved to do, dog? We have to be in the position where we're praying and we're calling out to God to pour his grace out. To pour Pour, this mercy, pour his mercy out. So I, I think like in the life of Jesus Christ, when you read his life, his reaction wasn't that of anger his reaction was always of compassion even to the pharisees he had like he loved the pharisees even though he was debating and jostling and they were always coming at him trying to trick him trying to set him up for a trap he always loved them so i have to constantly check myself and i just be like what am I expecting? Nah, <laughs> what am I dog. expecting from them? But the only, like I said, the only way for you to be there, yo, dog, you have to be constantly at the foot of the cross. Yeah, baby. It's so easy. Because it's offensive. Yes. It's so easy for you to right. think, to, self-righteousness is so easy, easy to, to creep, creep in, in bro. You know, it's so easy to creep in, and it's not until you're constantly at the foot of the cross. When you get to, like you said, when you sit at the cross, you you realize who you are. You realize the mercy of God. And you're able to have the compassion and pour it out to other people. That's just, that's how, how it works. All but, right, well, we um yeah, but you know, God, this is the yeah. ultimate check. Like just checking, man. You know, this is the same thing that he did with Job. Like when Job was sitting there questioning God, and he's like, "Who are you? Who are you?" So God, you know, some, God got. Did he even give Job an answer? <laughs> <laughs> In fact, that's what that's exactly what I had this open to. Well, as you guys was Job? speaking, yeah, like the questions, just a few questions when he. When Job was, um, then God started asking him questions. And he goes, um, who has divided the channel for the overflowing water or the path for the thunderbolt to cause it to rain on land where there is no one, a wilderness in which there is no man to satisfy the desolate waste and cause to spring forth the growth of tender grass has the rain of father or who has begotten the drops of dew from whose womb come the ice and the frost of heaven who gives it birth. The waters harden like stone, and the surface of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the cluster of the Pleiades or loose the belt of Orion? Can you bring out Mazaroth in its season, or can you guide the great bear with its cubs? Do you know the ordinances of heavens? Can you set their dominion over the earth? And he just continues all these questions like, Job, who do you think you are questioning me or what goes on? On the horizontal, because were you there <laughs> when I created heavens and the earth? Are you there when I'm the one that's directing the wild beasts, the bears, the cubs, the lions? Are you there when I feed the ravens? Like, it's amazing 
when you see the majesty of our Lord, of our King, and you see man, like you said, your little 20 years of finite mind, think you can question the eternal God, mm-hmm. King of this universe, for you to have the nerve to sit there and say, you are unrighteous, you are unfair, why didn't you pick me? Why didn't you do this? And you know, and we always do it in terms of justice. Like we always want to claim to, oh, you being unfair. So you're claiming justice. So that means you're saying you're more just than God. Yep. When you should be appealing to his mercy. Because when a cop pulls you over, the first thing you do, you don't want him to deal with you in justice when the cop pulls you over, right? You want you begging for mercy. Mm. Don't give me a ticket. But man has the nerve to always question God about justice and righteousness. Mm-hmm. When you should be begging and pleading for mercy. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault, right? This objection. For who has resisted his will? Yo, if, if everything's settled, then I'm just going to do what he's willing me to do. Right? That's always the objection. But indeed, oh man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump? to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor right so mm-hmm. they would they would have understood this analogy with the potter and the clay right so the potter coming in seeing a lump of clay grabbing a bunch of the clay and doing what he wants with that whether it's honor or dishonor because a potter could do whatever he wants with the clay. Right. Or he could have came in, grabbed the whole lump of clay, throw it in the fire. Yep. Right? So in that analogy, who's the lump? The lump was, is mankind. Yeah, any, yeah. any person, anybody. He grabs a scoop and he does what he wants with that. Who's questioning him? You think the clay is going to turn around and be like, yo, why are you? There's some more lumps over there. What about those lumps? What about? No, dog, as the clay, you better respond. You better respond to the potter's hand movement because he's forming you to be a vessel of honor. Right. Why? Because mm. he want to. That's all it is. Yeah, and you yeah. can't question that. But if, you, if you're set in the character of God, it's okay. And um, this is being taken directly from Jeremiah 18. That's how they exactly, they understood what he was talking about when he says, the, the Lord came to me, O house of Israel. Can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster than I thought to bring upon it. And, and and he continues and to speak on that I have complete control because I am the potter and you are the clay. He's the author and the finisher. Primary. God is primary in everything. So let's read the next section. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory. Even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. As he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people 
who were not my people, and her beloved, who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There they shall be called sons of the living God. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved, for he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, unless the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we would have become like Sodom and we would have been made like Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endure with much long suffering with the vessel of wrath prepared for destruction. The reason that that, that vessel of wrath when you go back to the beginning of Romans, how you you store up wrath based on your wickedness and your decision. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And even in that, God shows his long suffering in that. Like he doesn't execute the justice that that vessel deserves. He doesn't even do it right away. Sometimes he wait. And the fact that he's waiting shows his character you know what i'm saying and we already brought up examples for that is this a hypothetical question where he says what if god Mm -hmm. yeah right like he's just giving an example if god wanted to do this right he could do it you know he does what he wants to do but that's what i'm saying i'm asking making sure that this it's like this is just a hypothetical it's an exercise of understanding that sovereignty of god so he's asking you questions like, "What if? What are you gonna say? What if he wanted to do this? What What do you think about? It? What if he wanted to do that? What do you What are you going to say?" So he's basically showing God's position and your position and the whole thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, yes, yeah, it's, it's a hypothetical question. Like, not I don't know. I don't believe he's addressing something specific. No, but he's just, you know, um, allowing you to to reason this 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 thing this this uh sovereignty the reason why i'm asking is because it says there he has you know prepared certain vessels for destruction mm-hmm. so are are we saying that this is just a hypothetical question but are we saying that he's done that yeah so i don't think he was he's saying that he's prepared he said um it says, what if God wanted to show his mercy and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering, the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. Mm-hmm. So it's just like what Marcus was saying, like from the very beginning, man is sinful. Man has been storing up wrath. Man deserves judgment. And Paul is saying, from God's point of view, it's much long suffering. Like you, you're prepared for destruction. Like you deserve destruction. You right. deserve judgment. And again, is God's long suffering? Who are you to question that God sits there and he allows it to happen? You know, you think of somebody like Hitler who killed millions of Jews. God could have shut it down from the very beginning, but it's his long suffering. You know, like you would see him as a vessel prepared for wrath or destruction. But he's he's telling it like, what if God wanted to show um, his wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering vessels like. Just kept Are you going to question that? Huh? Yeah. Are you going to question that? 
No, no, you no, can't no, no. No, no, I'm just yeah. saying that's the point of view yeah. he's coming from. You know, it's always about God's mercy. And then he flips it and he says, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, like us, you know, the church, which he had prepared beforehand for glory. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like those that he prepared for glory, those that he's he's already like um, set up and in the plan of salvation and everything. You can't question the if he sits back and he allows evil to happen. You understand what I'm saying? To, to show his power later on and to show his wrath, which is a perfect example with somebody like Pharaoh. You know, he sat there long suffering with Pharaoh from the first plague. He could have totally destroyed Pharaoh. It was nah. I build you up for this. This is something. This is part of my plan. I got to show something. And with every plague, there was a reason behind it when you go right. into it until to the final, to the uh, uh, the Passover, which was a representation of Jesus. Christ. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? He's like, I'm like when when it's happening, who are you to question me? Right. There's always a plan. Yeah. And it always and it always goes back to that question in 14. Is there unrighteousness with God? You and know, um, that's the mind frame. He's checking, man, like, don't question what I do, bro. If I sit here and I allow this atrocities to happen, it's in righteousness. If, yes. if I sit there and I, I have a, a, a select group of people that I'm, you know, I'm building a church to save them and give them eternal glory. That's my right. You'll be you have no, no, no. Uh, 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 you have no authority to question anything I do, bro. Yeah, and I also see, um, totally agree with what you guys are saying. With like, and like you mentioned, with the long suffering, and that's the purpose of his long suffering. That, and you always see, like before he allowed Israel to go and take the land of Canaan, he said, "No, wait." You know, he had to. Mm. You know, we had to wait several years because he's like, "Yo, they, they, the wrath of the the Canaanites had to get stored up." Mm. He he was giving them time for them to repent. You know, same thing with Israel. Before he brought Israel into captivity, he sent prophet after prophet after prophet. Listen. Don't do this. Stop this. Turn away from this. You need to do this. And it's God's long suffering is always to bring someone to repentance. It's his goodness that draw the person to come to him to repent and to believe in him, right? That's what he's always been doing. That's how he constantly long suffer. But, and what ends up happening is that, and the interesting thing about, especially in, um, in 22, when he says, at, at, when he says the vessels of wrath prepared, right? That prepared is different from the 23 right prepared that first prepared is a perfect passive verse verb so it's a passive verb the the prepared in um in verse 23 is an active verb so now in explaining like passive verb and active verb it's like who's doing the action right so with the in 22 the subject receives the action in 23 now the subject is doing the action so that's like saying, um, I was hit by the ball. So that's a passive verb. So the ball hit me, right? I was hit by the ball. As opposed to 23, um, with active verb, it's like, I hit the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's different. So now when they're saying like, these people, these vessels, they're storing up wrath because they refuse to accept God's long suffering yep. and to repent. So it's like, it's just that now you're going to just end up, you're going to remain in this position because you're going to end up for destruction because my, you 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 took my long suffering for either for weakness or that I wasn't present or you think you better all these other things as uh, yeah. or think that your your wickedness is acceptable mm-hmm. so so these are all the things that are happening so they stored up this wrath and now they're vessels of destruction and it's interesting cuz with 
in the active form in where he says he prepared beforehand. I it always seems that he always prepared where God is preparing for um for 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 the glory. For the glory. For yep. the salvation. He's yep. always the active one performing that. Right. He's never <laughs> there, there's there's never any indication that he's involved in the bad part. Right. That, that's, that's right. That's that, what yes. the question I was yeah. asking. Because when people see prepared for destruction, they think yeah. that God specifically creates this person no. to, to for destruction. God and that's what I was glory. asking. Yeah, and, and Ralph, there's nothing in the clear, scriptures yeah. that indicates God doing that. No. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that's what and I want in, people to know. In chapter one, you know, 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness, unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness you seeing these men what yeah. they're doing so now they're storing up the wrath and yeah. one day is just going to get revealed i think the ultimate proof of that is satan no nope. <laughs> just the lord <laughs> just sitting there watching satan do evil and it's all part of a plan you know mm -hmm. there's always there's mm -hmm. a plan behind it and just know that you know again god is righteous be it's, it's always a reason but um yeah. 24 even us whom he called not of the jews only but also of the gentiles as he says also in hosea i will call them my people who were not my people and her beloved who was not beloved and it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them you are not my people there they shall be called the sons of the living god you know talking to the jews and letting them know you know how the gentiles um, this was a prophecy from way before. Over here, he's specifically talking about the Jews, mm -hmm. but Paul is using it, you know, to apply to the Gentiles here and seeing that the Gentiles was part of the salvation plan. And just understanding the way of God, like what he does. He just does these things that is related to his sovereignty, yep. right? So now the idea is like, yo, the Jews, they're all going to die. We're going to get wiped out. And the Lord is like, so you think my promise is not going to come to pass? He's like, nah, I got a group reserved. I have a group reserved. And it's always going to be what I predetermined for that group. That's not going to change. Yeah. And this is a great thing, too. Because as we thinking, as he, as he mentions um, a vessel for destruction, a vessel, you know, vessel for glory, and then he brings in this correlation with the Gentiles, right? Because the Jews already had that mentality that Gentiles were specifically created as fuel for the fire of hell. Yep. Mm. You know, they were there to <laughs> fill up hell, to keep the fires burning forever <laughs> and ever. They were the they were the fuel, and it was like, no, there's a plan for the Gentiles. And the same way, like you know, um, it was the Gentiles, and then I and then I you know I stopped dealing with them. And I called you, Israel, for you to take over. And then now, you know, you rejected. And then I called the Gentile. Like, it's constantly going back and forth. Changing from Gentile to Jew, Gentile to Jew, where you see. And the, the most important thing that I like is that this is clearly where he said, those people that were not my people, I called them mm, yep. my people. So what are the black Hebrew Israelites saying? Because when he clearly says, it, how could this be a Gentile in a Jew state of mind because this is specifically dealing with nations of people jews and gentiles i thought this was i thought they said that uh it's talking about judah and uh israel 
the uh, the two and a half tribes and the wasn't that the book? Then? Yes, yeah, 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 the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are hundred percent right. It's like the two and a half tribes and the ten and a half tribes. And you, you, but it clearly says, but also of the Gentiles. Yes, like how do you exactly? And then he says the that? Jews. And then what happens is that he includes he includes both of them. That's why he he picks Hosea um, and Isaiah, mm. right? Because they were contemporaries. Isaiah was to the southern tribe, right, tribe of Judah, and right. Hosea was to the northern tribe. So he included him as one, mm. as the Jews, you know, because mm. you know that's why he specifically. So, so that right there debunks everything that these black Hebrew Israelites saying. Hmm. All right, so let's finish off the rest. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone, as it is written, mm -hmm. Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Yep. And and I think that's that's where you know um, two where he says that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. You know this is the point where he's getting towards the um, the nation of Israel that they pursue the law of righteousness and has not attained to the law of righteousness. You know, and he's breaking it down like the Gentiles they pursued it by faith. You know, that's yeah. why he says yeah. the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. Which is why he goes into, you know, um, they not all Israel that is of Israel. Because, again, it was always, you was always considered righteous by faith. And that's why he went through with Abraham and how Abraham was considered righteous. It was always by faith. That, that was always uh, uh, considered the people of God. Those who would believe in him in faith. And he's like, you know, the, the nation of Israel, you tried to attain this righteousness, but it was through the law. Yep. You know, and this is why he's grieving because he's like, you guys don't understand this. You know, this is how I think when we went through, um, maybe it was six or seven when he was, I think it was seven when he was talking about the law and how the law don't make you righteous. You know, where he was addressing the the the, it, the, the Jews there. He's like, the, this law don't make you righteous. And he's trying to get it through to them, but they're not understanding it. They still think they can attain righteousness through the law. But he's like, no, it's always been by faith. And that's why the Gentiles, can be considered righteous. That's why the Gentiles can be considered the sons of God, you know? Hmm. And it had to hurt more because it, it sounds as if in, in the verse 30 where the Gentiles weren't even looking for righteousness. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? It says they weren't even pursuing it. Like they you were no pursuing clue. it, but yeah. you didn't attain what they attained because of the faith. Mm. And, and then how it says, who didn't they have faith in? That stumbling stone, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Jesus like Christ Jesus Christ is the dopest, bro. Like how people stumble over that, you know, it just you be the, the Gentiles had no clue. Nothing. <laughs> you know, the, the the thing that I like though, before we get in, in verse twenty nine, which is unless the Lord Saboth had left us to see, we would have become like Sodom and we have been made like Gomorrah. It's like if it wasn't for God's mercy, God's sovereign mercy, mm. this is how we would have end up. And Sodom and Gomorrah was totally destroyed, up in flames. There was no remnant. There was one guy that got out. But it was totally destroyed and wiped out. So it's like if God did not step in with his sovereign mercy, 
like all Israel have been wiped out wow. because we've never sought after God. And we see it, especially because I'm kind of like reading through Kings a little bit. And you saw the estate of the sinfulness, the deceit of sinfulness when, you know, um, I think it was after Ahab and Jezebel where there was, you know, um, where the women started eating each other's babies. You remember now? That's the one woman called to the king. Hey, come solve this problem. We already ate my son. And now this mother don't want to give her son up. And, you know, it's time for us to eat. Show you the wickedness of sin where they were eating each other's children. Mm. How it got bad. And people don't realize that the extent of sin and how the nation of Israel was supposed to be completely wiped out. Mm. Just like Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. But God's mercy. But God. His sovereignty came in and said, you know what? I'm a sinner deliverer. Mm. Yo, you know what? <laughs> Going through this chapter really revealed to me. Mm. This is God. All of it is God. <laughs> and if you're saved and you've received that grace, you give thanks to God Word. for what Every he day. did. It has nothing to do with you. You're secondary. If you're not saved, respond to God yep. and become saved so you could become part of that predestined election. That's all. Yeah, don't There's get... a lot of things that we're not going to be able to grasp and understand and reconcile in our minds. But there's a ton of things that God revealed about himself to give you the assurance and the proof that his, his um, purpose and his intent is always good and righteous. Yeah, I just want to, yo, he wants to have mercy on you. <laughs> you know, that's his nature is to have mercy on everyone. And if you're out there, yo, let, yo, like like Marcus said, just answer that call because he's 100%. The Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart to answer that call and let the Lord have mercy on you for all of eternity. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah, go ahead. No, 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 and the thing about it also is, um, you know, the scripture says no one pursue after God. You know, it's like, like he was saying, he was like the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, you know, us as Gentiles, like we didn't seek God. God sought us first. He came to us first. He 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 presented to himself to us first. And that was out of his mercy. So you have to understand if God presents himself to you and he tugs on your heart and he shows himself, he reveals himself, you have to respond, B. Mm. You have to respond because it like you said, it's nothing of you. You would have never sought him. You would have never, you would have never, yo, you, you're not thinking of heaven. You're not thinking of salvation. You're not thinking of eternal life. That was, a, that was in none of us, none of our minds. It's not until God revealed it to us that dog, this is available to you. This is where you're headed. We had to respond and this is how it goes. God reveals himself and you respond. So, you know, like you said, if God presents himself to you, know that it ain't of you. Because it says no one seeks after God. So understand that it's the love of God. It's his mercy. It's his righteousness. It's who he is, his character, that he's like, you know what? I'm going to reveal myself to you because I want you saved. And you got to respond. Because if it's up to you, bro, you're going straight to hell. Don't reject that call. Accept it. Father God, we just come before you, Lord. And we just, again, we ask for your... Um, we just ask for you to be with us. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, we thank you that you uh, revealed yourself to us, Lord, because 
If it was up to us, Lord, we would have never sought you. Lord, we would have never went after you, Lord. So we just thank you for the many times, Lord, even the times that before that we rejected you, Lord. You just kept pursuing us, Lord. And we just thank you for your, your mercy and your grace again. Lord, continue to just uh, pour it out on this world, Lord. Continue to just make yourself known to um, those, those who are lost, those who don't know you. Lord, and we just ask, Lord, we pray that they respond, Lord, that they accept your calling, Lord, and become part of your sons and your daughters and become part of your kingdom and your family, Lord. So, again, Lord, we just thank you for your love. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen. Amen. amen.